0: Welcome to More Than Ink.
1: Hey, do you remember one time we took a cave tour? Yeah. And to show us how complete the darkness is, they turned off the lights. All the lights went off. And the dark was so
0: profound it was terrifying. It, you could almost feel it. And it you was couldn't, was so yeah, no matter how widely you opened your eyes, you couldn't see. Yeah. Well, that kind of terrifying relationship with darkness will come upon Pharaoh in Egypt today on, on More, More Than, Than Ink. Egypt. Well, good morning, this wonderful. March morning. <laughs> wow, we're in March already. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And uh, and I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we are delighted to, you've joined us as we are walking our way through Exodus. And uh, we are in the plagues right now. Oh
1: my goodness, are we in the plagues? Yeah,
0: we're way past the halfway mark too. We're sort of coming to the end of the plagues. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so... If you if you haven't been with us so far, we're actually we went through seven plagues. We're starting the eighth plague today, mm-hmm. and uh, and you if you know everyone knows you only get to ten right. plagues, and the tenth one kind of pushes them over the top. So. There's, a, there's an increasing amount of loss and challenge to the God structure in Egypt and, and a challenge to Pharaoh's pride, which mm-hmm. he just won't give up. And so it's, it's really pushing it in an here. And, and up to this point, the Egyptians have lost an awful lot. I mean, uh, uh, despite the frogs and the gnats and the swarms and stuff like that, they got to one point where they lost all their livestock. Their livestock mm-hmm. died. Uh, People got boils. There was hail that came and just totally took out all the crops and the trees and the animals that were left outside. I mean, that's, that's devastation. And that devastation still exists, even though we've gotten past those plagues. I mean, they still... It, they don't well, have.
1: because when the hail fell there was still one crop that had not germinated right, yet that was right. below the ground and we're gonna see and in this next in this next plague how the locusts come in and take care of that one. Yeah, yeah. But we also saw in during the plague of hail that there was a beginning of a turning point in the servants of Pharaoh.
0: Yeah. Who were, you know, get, those get who
1: it. believed the word of the Lord by this time. They're the ones yeah. that brought their animals in out of the Danger from the hail.
0: Yeah, so in a real sense, the servants of Pharaoh are kind of several steps ahead of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to hear from them again uh, you know, yeah, in this we'll passage see that. of see So today
0: 10. we're coming into the eighth plague, and uh, again, another famous plague before the tenth one. That's the plague of locusts. So uh, you just want to jump in and sure. see what it says? Okay, sure.
1: Well, and you know, swarms of locusts are not unknown in world history. It's no, well documented yeah. that this has happened a number of times, yeah, but this yeah. one is beyond all expectation. Yeah, let's just jump right into chapter Jumped 10. Jump in chapter 10. Okay, so then the Lord said to Moses, oh, wait a minute, we need some context.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: because back in the plague of the of the hail, mm-hmm. we're told that Pharaoh had sinned and hardened his heart, right. and then, then Pharaoh's heart was hardened. That's an yeah. important sequence back in chapter 9. So here at the beginning of chapter 10, God's going to say, I've hardened his heart. So we have Pharaoh sinning and hardening his own heart, then his heart continuing to be hardened, and then God claiming credit. And from this point on, God takes all the credit for yeah. hardening Pharaoh's heart. So yeah. we'll talk about that as yeah. the it's passage It's a theme. Unfolds.
0: It's a theme through all the place. Okay.
1: Then the Lord said to Moses, this is verse one, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine among them, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and of your grandson how I have dealt harshly with the Egyptians and what signs I've done among them, that you may know that I am am the lord mm. can we stop there for mm. just a second yeah
0: this is like a big teaching moment
1: it is yeah. it's this huge introductory statement there's a there's a statement of god's purpose here right mm-hmm, he says mm-hmm. i've hardened pharaoh's heart so that i can show these signs among them so that you can tell your children about it and so that you will know
0: that i'm your, I am the your lord. children and your grandchildren right. yeah Right.
1: So if you remember back in the previous chapter in 916, God had said to Pharaoh, Now I've let you remain for this cause that no. I can show my glory mm-hmm. and my name will be proclaimed among the nations. Right, so right. really his purpose has not changed at all. No. It's just the same. He's showing, no. he's telling so that they may know.
0: So that they may know. Mm-hmm. That's that's why this process is deliberately drawn out instead of God just snapping right. his fingers and having them right. get out. Yeah, and in fact, it's a, it's a direct answer to to uh, Pharaoh back in chapter 5 where he says, "Well, okay, so who is this lord you're talking right, about?" Right. <laughs> you know, I what who is he that I should obey him and let let these right. people go? I mean, who is this guy? And so God says, "Well, I'll let you know." And here we are at the eighth plague in terms of glorifying exactly who God is. And and who he is in contrast to the to the Egyptian, the Egyptian gods, gods right. who are shown powerless right. through all this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh you know I just had a curiosity. I wondered how long it says there's sons and and well children and grandchildren this would go on. Mm-hmm. I kind of looked forward to see if I could find evidence of them still talking about it. Uh, later on in the history of Israel and you do actually oh, yeah, lots. Yeah, it comes out and I found one way over this is like 400 years later mm-hmm. in in first Samuel before Saul is king and the Philistines are fighting the Israelites and stuff like that uh, There's a there's a time where the I think it's in chapter 4 of first Samuel where the Philistines are fighting the Israelites It does not go well for the Israelites I mean this is before David and Goliath even it does not go well but in the midst of that they say look out because these are the people who have this God that took out the Egyptians right. with the plagues. That's what right. the Philistines say. Right. So 400 years later, they're still talking about what happened here. And well, the, it's the
1: Philistines who are talking about yeah, it.
0: Yeah, the Philistines are. Yeah, and it's where we famous. mentioned that, that, yeah.
1: that the Philistines lived in Gaza, which is along that trade route yeah. coming up out of Egypt. Yeah. So you know, as trade came out of Egypt, stories would have traveled right. of so, what happened there.
0: So what's going on in this history right here is something that persists and is talked about for generation after generation, and that's deliberate on God's part deliberate okay so we have that gigantic teaching moment so that they'll know that i'm the lord and we jump into verse three verse and we, three, and we get a warning now we get okay. a warning before the grasshoppers
1: so moses and aaron went into pharaoh and said to him thus says the lord the god of the hebrews How long will you refuse to humble yourself before Mm -hmm. me? Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I'll bring locusts into your country and they shall cover the face of the land so that no one can see the land. And they shall eat what's left to you after the hail and they (laughs) shall eat every tree of yours that grows in the field and they shall fill your houses and the houses of all your servants and of all the Egyptians as neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen from the day they came on earth to this day. Then he turned and went out from Pharaoh.
0: Wow. Oh. Served him notice.
1: So we get a warning.
0: Get a warning. And and basically, uh, we were talking about this last time, they think they're lucky stars, the fact that they didn't lose all of their crop because the weed hadn't come out it hadn't yet. had germinated. And, yet, and yet. had germinated. But now it's germinated. And he says, well... That's the end of that. Everything that's green is going to be eaten by this. Well, and
1: you can imagine, as many of you have witnessed after hailstorm, that the leaves are still sort of on the trees, but they're shredded and they're hanging yes. there. Right? Yes. That's
0: <laughs> so right.
1: Here come the locusts. Well, there's
0: your problem. Your leaves are all shot up with hail. Yeah. yeah. Well, now the locusts are going to come and, and take care of whatever's left.
1: Yeah. But it's very clear here about the state of Pharaoh's heart that he, yeah. it, that is so hardened that he refuses to humble himself for this God has so clearly demonstrated yeah. his power.
0: Yeah. And it's important for us to understand what humbling means. It really just means to consider yourself what you are a right. normal sense, instead of an elevated right. sense. Right.
1: Get low before God. Right. Know and who so, you are. And so before here, him. Pharaoh
0: is overestimating who he is and what he is, and God says, "No, you right. got to get back to level. It's not what right. you are." So he he refuses to do that. He refuses to do that. And should we push on to seven? Yeah, so
1: Moses delivers the warning. And then he turns and goes out. He doesn't even give Pharaoh a chance to say anything. (laughs) he
0: doesn't say anything. Yeah, no response at all.
1: Yeah, so Pharaoh's servants, in verse seven, said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet understand that Egypt is ruined? ruined so moses and aaron were brought back to pharaoh so pharaoh listens to his servants
0: apparently. yeah and he calls them back in to talk to him
1: okay and yeah. he says to them go serve the lord your god but which ones are to go and moses said we will go with our young and our old we'll go with our sons and daughters and with our flocks and herds for we must hold a feast to the lord but he said to them That's us make a deal said, yeah. but pharaoh said the Lord be with you if ever I let you and your little ones go. Look, you have some evil purpose in mind. No, go, the men among you and serve the Lord, for that's what you're asking. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Yeah, so, okay. Mo-
0: so Moses and Aaron are called back in after the servants right. persuade Pharaoh to you know, to do something, and he tries to cut a deal again. This is not the first time. Right. And this deal is, you know, go out there um but but you know, not with your little ones
1: so here's the second sign that i see here a second indicator here of a toughly hardened heart right the first one is a refusal to humble before god Mm -hmm. but the second one is is a hardened heart drives out the messenger of the lord
0: yeah that's right
1: literally chases him out don't shoot the messenger i will refuse to listen
0: (laughs) to you yeah yeah, he drives them out. Yeah, in verse 6, they get to walk out, and here he drives right. them out. Right, he drives he's, them out. He's angry because he thinks he's making uh, finally a good last deal with right. God. And uh, Moses is saying God's not having anything. Else. In fact, Moses, Moses tells him that Pharaoh doesn't have any leverage. God's got all the leverage. Right. God's in charge here. So that lack of power to make a deal on Pharaoh's part, that just enrages him, and he drives him out of his presence. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't deal with these people. You can't make a deal with these people. Yeah. Well, let's get to 12. I'll read 12 for us. So then the Lord said to Moses, okay, stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts so that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every plant in the land, all that the hail has left. Hmm. So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind had brought the locusts like overnight. Mm -hmm. And the locusts came up, over all the land of Egypt, settled on the whole country of Egypt, such a dense swarm of locusts as had never been before, nor even will be again. And they covered the face of the land so that the land was darkened. And they ate all the plants of the land, all the fruit of the trees that the hail had left. Not a green thing remained. Wow. 24-hour wow. devastation. And neither tree nor plant of the field um, through all the land of Egypt. I mean, that's it. Woof. The place is covered. Well, and then here's what happened. So so Pharaoh hastily called Moses and Aaron and said, I've sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, forgive my sin, please. Only Only this this once. once. Yeah, only this (laughs) once. And plead with the Lord your God only to remove this death from me. So he went out from Pharaoh, pleaded with the Lord, and the Lord turned the wind into a very strong west wind which lifted to the locusts. in the other direction. go in the other direction, right? Toward toward the Red Sea, actually. And drove them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust was left in all the country of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go. Yeah. So it's exactly as he was warned. These, these locusts came in, ate everything that was green that was left in the land.
1: And now this is the last plague that we get a real... A, a real clear warning i mean we get some warning about the next one too but it's almost unbelievable yeah or the last right. the final warning the 10th right. one yeah, the tenth but one. um the, you know moses had warned him and then it happened but pharaoh the lord hardened pharaoh's heart again again so yeah. you know we've seen that, that hardened heart has refused to humble has refused to listen has refused to turn mm-hmm, to repent mm-hmm. Right. and and Drives out God's messengers, and God—the clock is ticking, right? God will judge. There is a point of no return with a hardened heart, where God says, "Okay, time is up. I will judge."
0: Yeah, you can feel it kind of coming to a Mm -hmm. close in in all of this. And it's interesting too when we look at when we look at Pharaoh's quote-unquote repentance. Mm -hmm. uh, It's it's
1: not real repentance. It's not
0: repentance. You know, forgive me only this once. I mean, let's make a deal. And it's not repent. It's, it's actually more kind of averting the consequences right. of your of your sin. It's not it's, it's a very shallow version of repentance. It's not really a an embracing the fact that you're wrong and you sinned. Although well, he says he it's has. It's a
1: remorse. He's yeah. sorry for what has happened. Right. And he right. wants to fix the circumstance. And so right. he'll say whatever is required to be said in yeah. order to relieve the circumstance. Well, and
0: he knows that in the past plagues he's done this very same thing. He's done some level of right you know, repentance, and then Moses turns around and pleads to God, and God reverses it.
1: Okay, but this is the second time now Pharaoh has introduced the idea of having sinned. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Back in chapter 9, he said, okay, I've sinned. The Lord is the righteous one. Pray to God for me. And now this time he says, uh, uh, okay, I've sinned against the Lord your God, yeah. not against the Lord my God. Right, There's right, right, no right. personal owning of sin here. Yeah, yeah, He says, I've offended your God. Yep. So forgive me.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's actually two miracles here. The first one is the fact that God brings in this many locusts overnight from with the east wind. And the second one is that he turns around and swoops them all away again. <laughs> But by the time he sweeps them all away again, there's nothing They've green eaten left. I mean, it's a whoosh, whoosh. And so it's there's out nothing of here. to eat. Right. Nothing, nothing to grow. To nothing growing. Nothing. The wheat's all gone. You know, the emmer's all gone, which is a kind of wheat. You know, if there was any fruit still stuck on the trees, it's all gone. I mean, it's it's gone. So what do you do for food? You know, all your mm-hmm. all your plant food that you grow is gone. And that area of Egypt is is all watered by the Nile. You grow a lot of crops there. There's nothing to eat there. We've lost all the livestock. I mean it's it's devastation the country is devastated in terms of a food perspective. And so Pharaoh was grabbing at straws here saying, you know, I've sinned, uh, let's reverse this. Well, even though God reverses taking out the locusts, <laughs> it's not going to reverse the The consequences still
1: remain. The consequences right. are
0: still there. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot to there's a lot of theology in that that there are consequences that last even after we've made any kind of reversals. And in this particular case, the plague, the effects of the plague weren't reversed, but the plague itself was.
1: So that's interesting because now we're completely set up for the ninth plague, Yeah, oh, which yeah. is darkness, yeah. which is fascinating that this is the last one of this kind yeah. before the final plague the that we'll one. talk about next week. But, um, you know, the darkness through the scripture always indicates the heart condition of one who refuses oh, yeah. or one who is separated from God. So mm-hmm. it's no mistake that at this point in the process, the plague is. Darkness.
0: Yeah, and it's a terrifying thing. I mean, because we have so much artificial light in the modern day, we don't right. think much about this. Right, And this is also a direct affront against the big God, Ra. Ra. The, the sun, sun god. god. Yeah. God, <laughs> in the
1: broad daylight, it's can, dark.
0: Who can blot out the sun god? Right. Well, God can. The creator of the sun. Yeah. Let's jump into that. So that's okay. verse 21. You want to read yeah. for us?
1: Then the Lord said to Moses, oh, no warning this time. No warning. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. To be felt. So, you know, that yeah. really underscores the fact that this is an outward expression of their condition of being separated it is. from God. Yeah.
0: These right? people are sitting in darkness. This is so,
1: oh, yeah. that sounds like scripture, How about it? that? Yeah. <laughs> Verse 22. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was pitch darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. Mm. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days, but all All the people of Israel had light where they lived. What? Then Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Your little ones also may go with you and let your flocks and herds remain behind.
0: Oh, more negotiation. <laughs> more negotiation. Yeah, leave your animals. Verse
1: 25, but Moses said, You must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings that yeah. we may sacrifice to the Lord our yeah. God. Our livestock also must go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take them to serve the Lord our God, and we do not know what we, with what we must serve mm-hmm. the Lord until we arrive there. Yeah. But the Lord hardened pharaoh's heart and he would not let them go then pharaoh said to him get away from me take care never to see my face again for on the day you see my face you shall die and moses said as you say i will not see your face again
0: yep okay (laughs) wow this darkness thing really it's um it's literal. I mean, it actually happens It's right. darkness. So are
1: they still in the dark when this conversation is taking place? I it think, would seem so.
0: I think so. And you know, a big question that has always come to my mind when I read this is, what about artificial lighting? What about oil lamps? Do those not work for the Egyptians? Because it says here that they couldn't even see each other's face. Right. So, so... Did it fail to provide light when they tried to use oil the, lamps?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, the text doesn't either. really speak to that. And,
0: and it doesn't It doesn't say, but it's pitch darkness for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. Because I would think, well, you know, okay, so the sun's out. Right. Hey, everyone lights your candles and we'll just go on doing what we're doing. But well, that would no. imply
1: they couldn't go outside.
0: Right. Couldn't if go outside. If the darkness is
1: heavy enough to feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: so. then that would imply there's there's maybe a spiritual element that they, they were just freaked out.
0: Yeah, a darkness to be felt. Right. Now there's a phrase to kind right. of ponder over for a while, a darkness to be felt. And it's, and it's actually just, it's just terrifying. If you think back, not in the too distant past in history, you know, people, when when solar eclipses would happen, you know, even in Western societies, you right. know, would right. totally freak out because the sun is a constant that right. you can always count on. And then when it's not there, it feels like the entire universe is falling apart.
1: Well, and I remember with the last complete solar eclipse, just a few years ago, uh, everyone that I heard from who had actually been in the shadow and witnessed it was profoundly affected emotionally. And they didn't expect to be.
0: Yeah, isn't even that funny? our own daughter described yeah, yeah, that. Yeah.
1: So you know this idea of darkness when there should be daylight because the sun is in the sky.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is a
1: is a terrifying thing.
0: Well, I think in our psyche too, we understand that the, the sun is such a constant mm-hmm. that when it's not there. You you are subtle, you're sort of troubled in an area where you wonder whether God's faithful to His creation mm-hmm. anymore. You, you wonder right. if I mean it's so fundamental things are just falling apart, and here they are in the dark for three whole days, and apparently artificial lighting doesn't work. However, there is light in the land of Egypt, and it's in Goshen. Right, where God's people are now. There's theology that must in have that been strange. too. Yeah, that must have been really strange. So, so there's light over there. They're not having problems over there.
1: And you can imagine how this looked, actually, because if you've witnessed a solar eclipse, you can actually stand where the shadow, the edge of the shadow, passes over you, and you mm-hmm. can be one minute in the dark and the next minute in the light. Right. So, right. you know, that's not an unknown phenomenon. We had, we do have something we've experienced that we can relate to this. Yeah. But for it to go on for three days.
0: Yeah. three days which of course in the
1: scripture pictures a number of Mm. different (laughs) things There's a lot
0: of typology attached to that. Yeah, but don't make the mistake of judging this ninth plague from a modern perspective. You know, a lack of right. light we just think is a trivial issue. You get, you got a flashlight, you turn that on. Right. But, but here we're in the 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 utter foundation of the universe has suddenly been shaken. And so, mm-hmm. since we've been talking all the way through it, these nine plagues, we've been talking about what God has done has challenged the God structure right. of Egypt. And now we're, we're challenging something so fundamentally that it makes them wonder is their God so powerful that he can right. actually turn off the very things that we've taken for granted? Is that right. possible? And he's saying, yeah. But he can reverse day and night. He can reverse day and night. And, uh, there's a, there's a concept called the common grace of God where God gives to mankind good things right. like rain for your crops and sun for your crops and stuff like to that. To all humanity. Right, and humanity, Then you know the basic problem with humanity is they, they enjoy these blessings from God but they don't thank him or honor him as I'm coming from him. So here's a case I think that the, that the Egyptians are thinking if this God is that powerful and we're not honoring him, man, we're in big trouble. If he, if he is responsible for that, we're in big trouble.
1: so i don't think we we want to omit or overlook the repetition of this word face that Mm -hmm. shows up in the end of this passage right because pharaoh says twice you're never going to see my face again you'll never see my face again you're going to die and moses says you're right i will not see your face again well Well, in the scriptures the face of god is associated with light Then that incredible blessing in number six right the the priest is just saying, the lord make his face shine on you yeah yeah. when you are face to face with god there is light right right and paul writes this beautiful passage in second corinthians 4 about the light of the glory of god in the face of christ i just want to read this to you Mm -hmm, because this mm -hmm. came to mind when i was thinking about seeing the face of god bringing spiritual light Paul says in their case, and this is verse four of Second Corinthians four, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then just a sentence later he says in verse six, for God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of christ mm-hmm. so there we have it the face of christ associated with the light of the glory of god yeah right and for the egyptians to see the face of the sun was their their god ra's blessing yeah right? it was his their provision blessing. for them. blessing yeah. well that's just a picture of yeah. the god who said light shall shine out
0: of darkness yeah yeah and so they're deeply deeply troubled by the fact that what they always thought would always be there. That's always been a blessing. That's always been a benefit to them. This God of the Israelites can even take that away. (laughs) So this is probably, uh, up until the next plague, this is probably the most troubling one that they will come against. That that We have the hardest time as modern people understanding. Well,
1: it is, and the next plague is going to take place in the darkness. In the darkness. So it's possible that the daylight never came back.
0: It's possible, yeah, it's totally possible. But you almost hear a little bit of a, of a agreement in Moses' voice in the end when Pharaoh says, don't see me again or right. else I'll kill you. And Moses says, as you say. I mean, and Right, you know,
1: not going to see your face. And you
0: won't see my face again, which itself is kind of a foreboding. It like, is. Like, you know, you tried to negotiate a couple times here. There's no negotiation. Right. And so there's no coming back to me and trying to change this. We are on a course... Toward this destruction, and you and you will not have any way in in order to influence God through me.
1: Right, and the idea with face-to-face conversation is there's nothing between right i'm looking you in the eyeball and we're communicating and we're hearing one another well this set me thinking of um of the verse in genesis 6 3 where it says god's spirit will not continue to wrestle forever with a human heart that's bent on refusal that's totally right god will judge he says you know i will give you opportunity after opportunity after after opportunity but there will come a time when your hardness is complete and, and yeah. then i'm not going to give you any more opportunities yeah. then judgment comes
0: yeah it makes me think of the that term the day of the lord too right judgment's going right. to be that there there is a there is a a hard date on the calendar in heaven right when all of this will come to an end and judgment will happen there's no avoiding it there's no negotiation like pharaoh's trying to do with moses here i mean it it is just going to come to an end and god has set that date because he knows what's effective in his kingdom in terms of who will come and who will not come right. but it's clear as we as we close out that this this ninth plague the servants of pharaoh are further down this path than pharaoh is and pharaoh is still stuck in his pride and will not let them go and will not honor the fact that the lord of the universe is the god that's protecting these people and he will let them go
1: okay but if you friends are sitting in the darkness there is a solution for you turn your face yes. toward jesus christ who yep. is the glory of the
0: image of god and you'll go from the kingdom of darkness... Into the kingdom, the kingdom of, light. of light. Yeah. Oh, I, my goodness. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Well, we are out of time again, and uh, we're going to jump into uh, Chapter 11 next time you come, and we're going to go into the last plague and talk about how God memorizes it. Not memorizes it. Memorializes, memorializes it. Yeah, it. Yeah. For all eternity, in fact. It's a very important thing. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And come back with us next time as we look at the Passover on... More Morning. Than ink. More Than Inc. is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. Okay, we're recording, I think. Yep, okay. want to start it?